Welcome to the Podcast at the Hill. You are about to hear a message from Pastor Seth Brown entitled, Praise the Weapon for Our Battle. I want you to grab your Bibles with me and go to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. It's in the Old Testament this morning. While you're turning there, I want to say what an honor it is for Kayla and I to be able to serve you. For us to be able to serve alongside of you. Some of you may be asking, where is Kayla today? Kayla's grandmother became ill earlier in the week and she had to go home right after prayer conference and uh, see about her and take care of some things there at home. But we appreciate your prayers. Please be praying for her, be praying for Kayla. She's going to be traveling back to Mobile today sometime after lunch. So she's going to be on the road and please uh, be praying for her. But we want to say what an honor it is to be with you, what an honor it is to serve this church and be alongside of you. And if you ever need anything, please do not hesitate to let us know. We are here for you and we want to serve you. Second Chronicles chapter 20, beginning at verse number 14. Now, I'm going to go ahead and warn you, verse number 14 has a lot of words that are about this long, and it is a mouthful. So if I trip over them, just ignore it. It's no big deal, okay? Second Chronicles chapter 20, beginning at verse number 14, and it says, Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mattaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. Told you it had big words. And he said, Listen, all of you Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid or dismayed of this great multitude. Listen to this. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go down against them, and they will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. It's probably my favorite sentence of this whole passage of Scripture. It says, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head, and he put his face to the ground, and all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohoahites and the children of the Kororahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. So they rose early in the morning and went out. Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise in the beauty of holiness. And as they went out before the army, they were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Listen to this next verse. Now, when they began to sing and to praise the Lord, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come up against Judah... And they were defeated. I want to tell you today that it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what you're facing or what you may know what tomorrow may hold. If you will praise the Lord and if you will worship the Lord, I can promise you, he will set ambushes against your enemy and you will come out the victor rather than the victim this morning. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I love you today and I thank you that I have this opportunity to come into your house and worship you. Lord, I rely completely on the anointing of your spirit this morning. I ask that you would touch me. Lord, touch the congregation to make preaching easy and life-changing. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Well, the struggle is real. I hate to tell you that if you may 
be living a life that is dandy and full of roses and full of lilies and rainbows and unicorn laughter, I hate to tell you that at some point you're probably going to come up against a struggle in your life. Struggles can come in all different shapes. Struggles can come in all different sizes. And different struggles will affect you in different ways. See, in life you will face two types of struggles. You will face an external struggle, which could be, you know, it's something that's on the outside. It could be a rude server at your favorite restaurant. You know those places you go in and you're a regular and the server is just rude to you and you're like, hold up a minute, I pay the light bill here. I eat here so much. You cannot be rude to me. Or it could be when you're driving down Airport Boulevard and the people see you and they just pull right out in front of you and they go so slow, and you can't go around them because the car beside them is going slow, and you're like, will this day ever end? That is an external struggle. But there's also internal struggles that you'll face in this life. Internal struggles are the stuff that weigh you down. Internal struggles are the stuff that pull you around. Internal struggles can be a relational issue, an emotional issue, or a mental issue. Listen to me today. Some of the worst struggles and some of the worst battles that you will ever face in your life are struggles and battles of your mind. Some of the worst things that you can ever go through is when your mind is troubled and when your mind, you feel like your mind's being pulled in all different ways. Some of these struggles will be and can be worse than other ones. They can shatter your dreams, they can destroy your hopes, and they can deteriorate your confidence. Hear me today, I am a believer that not everything that we go through in this life is assigned to us by the enemy. I am a believer that sometimes it is just a failing of common sense when stuff happens to us. But I also know this, that there is some stuff that the enemy assigns to our life to try to pull us down and try to pull us around. Here's what the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 12. It says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. I'm going to tell you something today. The devil knows you, and the devil knows who you are. Listen to me. He has your number. He sees you when you are happy, and the devil sees you when you are sad. He sees you when you have joy, and he sees you when you have sorrow. The devil sees you when you are up on a mountain, and he sees you when you're down in a valley. And he knows where you are right now. However, I also know today that we have a God who is in heaven who sees us when we are happy and who sees us when we're sad, who sees us when we're joyful and who sees us when we have sorrow. He sees us when we're high on the mountain and he walks with us when we are in the dark valley. And if you are going to win your way through the struggle, you must praise your way to the victory. Amen? Give the Lord praise if you believe that this morning. Notice in our passage of scripture that we read this morning, Jehoshaphat did not put the warriors on the front line, but rather he put the worshipers on the front line. You have to understand something today that Jehoshaphat understood that only for so long could the people on the front line with spears and with swords and with shields defend the people who were behind them. Yeah, they may have been able to fight off the front lines for a little while, but Jehoshaphat understood that if there was a praise that bubbled out of people, that They weren't talking to just the people who were in front of them. Praise captures the attention of God. And he knew that they can only fight so long with flesh and blood. But if they will praise, it gets the man upstairs' attention. And he will come and fight for them. 
I want to tell you something this morning, that when you come into this sanctuary on Sunday mornings, Pastor Chad should not have to stand by that keyboard or stand where I am, and he should not have to beg you to worship the Lord. He should not have to ask you to lift your hands. You should come into this place clothed with the garment of praise. You should come into this place with your mind made up that it doesn't matter if other people raise their hands or not, I'm going to worship the Lord. You should come into this place with your mind made up that it doesn't matter if the music's too loud, if you don't like the song you're going to worship the Lord because on the wings of praise come healing and deliverance and on the wings of praise come love and of a sound and sound minds let me tell you something there is freedom in your praise this morning you have to realize that it is not about us but it is about giving him the glory and the honor that he's deserving of you may ask the question this morning why, do you lift, why does everybody lift their hands when the song says we lift our hands in the sanctuary? Lord, we lift our hands with worship. The reason we do that is because it is our spirit telling our soul to lift our hands. Do I always feel like raising my hands? No, but is he always worthy? Yes, we have to come into this place clothed with praise. You say, what will praise do? Four quick things for you. Number one, praise activates your faith. In order for your faith to be activated, you must give God the highest praise. Hear me today that God will not respond to a half praise. God will not respond to a half praise. You say, why do we have to give God all of that? Why do we have to give him the highest praise? Have you ever tried to eat a half-cooked pancake? No, because it's nasty. You must give God the praise that he's deserving of. God is not interested in joint custody with you. God is not interested in just weekend visits and one day a week. So many times we come into church and we want to reap all of the benefits but only want to put in half of the work. Let me tell you something. The youth just can't praise him. The senior adults have to praise him. The front just can't praise him. The back has to praise him. The worship team can't be the only ones praising him. The congregation have to praise him. See, here's the reason why. Because when you praise God, it increases your faith and now all at once you don't see your problem anymore. Now all of of a sudden when praises go up you are focused on God and you realize that there is a solution to your problem and you realize that there is an answer to your situation when you praise God you instantly understand that there is money where the banker said no that there is legal help where the lawyer said no there is healing where the doctor said no when you praise God you realize that there is help and not only will praise increase your faith but number two praise invites God to join with you against your enemy. The Bible tells us in Psalms chapter 22 and verse number 3, it says, But you, O Lord, are enthroned on the praises of Israel. Now you have to understand that when this scripture was written, it was in the Old Testament and the people were still living under the Old Covenant. And so if you sacrificed a lamb or you sacrificed something, you were then considered to be the people of God. I understand what the scripture says this morning, but it doesn't take a genius to figure out that there is a statement and a principle behind this statement. Hear me today. When Jesus died on the cross for you, he shed his blood for you and he shed his blood for me. If we have accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior and we are washed by his blood, we have been accepted into his family because of the blood of Jesus. Therefore, 
We are now considered to be the people of God because of the blood of Jesus. There is now no race because of the blood. There is now no class because of the blood. We are now the people of God. So what does that mean for us? What it means is that God comes and he literally sits his throne down in the praises of his people. That means you and I, we've been washed by the blood. We're his people now. So that means that God will come and sit his throne down in the praises when we begin to give him glory. So what does that mean for us? What are you saying to us? What I'm saying is that you may be in the battle. You may be in the struggle. You can feel like everybody is coming against you. You can feel like everything is going wrong. You're fighting the battle of your mind. You're depressed all the time. You're angry all the time. You're down all the time. The enemy is attempting to play tricks on you and he's trying to trick your mind with the heat of the battle. He's trying to tell you that it is all over and it's all said and done and all you know how to do is praise the Lord. What happens in that moment is that when praises go up, God comes down and God comes down and he sits his throne right in the middle of your situation and right in the middle of your circumstance. His throne represents his sovereignty and his throne represents his authority this morning. And you have to realize that this is what it means for you. What it means is God has showed up and he says, he has said to you, you've tried to fight this battle on your own. You've gone as far as you can go before. You don't have to do it anymore. You don't have to struggle anymore because why? I have showed up. In this situation, the devil has been giving you fits. The devil has been trying to get to you. And now all of a sudden, because of your praise, God has showed up. And now the enemy is having to look through God to get to you. And all at once, the enemy realizes that not only has he lost this battle, but he has also lost the war because of your praise. You can say this morning, does this really happen? Yes, it does happen. When you praise him in the middle of your struggle, God, come down, God comes down and says to you, this battle doesn't belong to you anymore. This battle now belongs to the Lord. God is standing there and he's saying, if you'll just stand still for a little bit, I'm going to roll up my sleeves and when it's all over and when it's all said and done, instead of people pointing at you in the pit of defeat, the only thing people will be able to say is, look what the Lord has done. He has brought you out again. When you praise God, yeah, amen. <clears throat> when you praise God, you can expect for him to show up. It's not something that, oh, he may show up if we shout loud enough. He may show up if I scream loud enough. No, when you praise God, it is a guarantee that he will show up. This morning, I want to tell you that there is just something about praise that unlocks the portals of heaven. Praise is the key to get God's attention. It doesn't matter where you are or where you have been. You could be in your car driving down the middle of Airport Boulevard, and you begin to praise God, and he'll come and sit with you, and he'll come and show up with you. There's something special at praise about praise. Listen to me this morning. That's why the devil is after your praise. That's why the devil is trying to steal your praise, because he knows that if you praise God, he'll show up. He knows that if you praise God, he'll break into the jailhouse. He knows that if you praise God, he'll show up at midnight. The devil knows that if you begin to worship the Lord and praise him, he'll show up in the hospital. He'll come to the cancer ward. He'll come at any time, any place to anybody who will praise him. Oh, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord and the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together 
Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all of your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. Praise captures the attention of God, if you believe it. Give the Lord a hand clap this morning. Not only... Not only does praise increase your faith, not only does praise send an invitation to God to join with you against the enemy, but number three, praise predetermines the outcome. Listen to me today that struggles will kill you. Struggles will kill your spiritual life. Struggles will make you feel like you aren't good enough. Struggles will make you feel unstable and not right in your head. When you face struggles, you can begin to say things like, God can't use me. I'm all dried up. I'm dead inside. Struggles will do all kinds of stuff to you. But can I tell you, there is something special about praise and worship that makes a statement to the enemy and it makes a statement to the people who have given up on it makes a statement to the people who have said they're done with, they're over with, there's no hope for this situation. So just right here for a moment, I want to stop and address the people who have given up on you and who have turned their back on you. To the people who have turned their back on you, how dare you judge somebody's shout? How dare you tell somebody it doesn't take all that? How could you know what it takes for them? You don't know where God brought them from and what he picked them up out of. Oh, I want to tell you today that if they don't praise him, they'll lose their mind. If they don't praise him, they won't be able to think straight. If they don't praise him, they won't be able to talk straight. Whether people know it or not, the only thing that kept some of you out of the crazy house was a praise. The only thing that kept some of you in your right mind was a praise. When you were getting ready to throw the towel in and give up, when you were at the end of your rope, it was a praise that stood up on the inside of your belly and says, although I'm hurting, although I'm going through it, I'll praise you in the middle of the storm because I know you respond to my praise. I know you respond to my glory. And if I will praise you, you will show up in the middle of my circumstance. Ah. Somebody's been redeemed. Somebody's been brought out of a miry pit. Somebody has been brought loose from the chains of sin and the chains of darkness. And the devil tries to come against your mind and tell you that you are not worthy to worship and you're not worthy to praise. But today I'm announcing to you that you are worthy to praise and you are worthy to worship because of the blood of Jesus Christ. He has made you worthy. And when I come out of this praise session, and when I come out of this church service, I'm determined that I'm coming out ready to serve him and give him glory. Some of you need to go ahead and serve notice on the devil today that when this is all said and done and when it's over with and it's underneath your feet, you're coming out better than what you were before. You're coming out as pure gold. You're not coming out burnt. The Bible says you can walk through the fire and the flame shall not kindle upon you. You can walk through the storm and the wave will not overtake you. As long as you praise God, you have his attention. And when you have his attention, you have him in the boat with you. And when you have him in the boat with you, the storm may blow and the waves may toss, but they cannot overtake your boat because the king is on board. Your praise will predetermine the outcome. And number four, praise sends down the anointing. 
want you to hear me today. There's something very special about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. In, in biblical times, when shepherds would watch the flocks of their sheep, there was a pestilence that would come about, and it would attack the sheep. It was called the bot-nose fly. And this fly is about this big. I meant to put a picture on the slide. I apologize. But this fly is about this big. And what it would do is it would attack the sheep, and it would attack it in three ways. Number one, it would get in the nasal cavity of the sheep, and it would lay its eggs and build a nest in there. And as it built the nest... It would suffocate the sheep to death. And the sheep could be walking around and it would fall over dead because it had suffocated and died. Not only would it get in the nasal cavity, but it would get on the eye. It would come and lay an egg on the eye of the sheep. And that egg would slip down behind the eyeball. And it would get in behind the eyeball and the fly would hatch. And it would begin to eat the optic nerve of the sheep. And as it ate it, the sheep would go blind and would have to be put to sleep because it couldn't see anymore. It was of no use. And then finally what it would do is it would get in the ear canal of the sheep and it would eat and it would eat and it would go in and the sheep would become deaf. And sometimes it could go to the sheep's brain and begin to eat the sheep's brain while it was alive and it could be put to sleep. There was no medicine, there was no veterinarians that could take care of this issue. So they figured out that the only way to take care of this issue was to submerge the sheep in oil. What they would do is they would dig a trench down one side it would have a pool and it would go out on the other side and the shepherd would stand and as the sheep came in he would take his staff and dunk the sheep's head under the oil making sure that everything was covered was dripping with oil and when it came out it would be okay and when the bot nose fly would try to come and land on the sheep when the bot nose fly would try to come and lay its eggs on the sheep it would slide off because of the oil hear me today the enemy is trying to come against kinds of ways. He's trying to smother us out with the situation. He's trying to blind us with how bad the battle is. He's trying to make us deaf to the voice of the Holy Spirit. But I've come to tell you today that the good shepherd has walked in longing to dip us in the oil of his Holy Spirit again. Longing to dip us in the oil of his glory again. And what the enemy meant for evil and what the enemy meant to destroy you and tried to suffocate you because of the oil, he's going to slide off. Because of the oil, he won't be able to stay I want to tell you there is power and there is importance in the oil of the Holy Spirit struggles will bind you struggles will weigh down on you they will put chains on you and put barriers on you to where you feel like you can't move you will feel like you're going down without a fight struggles will bind you sometimes you can become yoked to a struggle You'll put that picture up of the yoke up there. Some of you, if you've ever been to Cracker Barrel, you've probably seen one of these. Lots of Cracker Barrels will have these hanging on the wall. What that is, is that is a yoke. What they would do before tractors and before lawnmowers and things came around, they would use these right here and they would put an ox on either side of this yoke around its neck. And they would do their best to make sure that both of the ox that were in this were the same size or both of the cows that were in this were the same size. Because they understood that if they ever got the sizes off and they ever put a smaller cow in there with a bigger cow, that that bigger cow would drag that little cow all around. That bigger cow would drag that little cow around and he would destroy the ground. Sometimes, if the oxes were the same size, 
Not only would one drag the other one around, but the other one would get tired and just stop walking. And the other and the bigger and the older ox would continue walking and dragging that one along. And it would destroy the ground. And it wouldn't be of any use to the farmer and to the land. If you are yoked to something like anxiety... If you are yoked to something like depression, if you are yoked to something like fear, those things can pull you in whichever direction that they want you to go in. It can make a hopeful person a hopeless person. It can make a spiritual person a sour person. It can make joyful people troubled people. There is nothing worse than a battle of the mind. Here's what the Bible tells us in the Old Testament in Isaiah chapter 10. Verse number 27, it says, It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck. Listen very closely to this next part. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. God's anointing and God's spirit breaks the yoke. He grabs fear and he takes it off. God's anointing and God's power grabs worry and he takes it off. God grabs the negative thoughts that are weighing you down and bombarding your mind and he takes it off because his anointing breaks the yoke. And as you shake that junk off and as you take that junk off, God is saying to you, I don't want you to be yoked to that stuff anymore. I want you to be yoked to me. God is saying, I don't want you to hold on to that junk anymore. Here is what he's wanting us to hold on to. He's wanting us to hold on to beauty rather than ashes. He's wanting us to hold on to joy rather than pain. He's wanting us to hold on to grace rather than sadness. He's wanting us to hold on to dancing for mourning. He's wanting us to hold on to leaping for sorrow. He's wanting us to get rid of negative thoughts and bury our mind in the word what the Lord is saying to you is if you will praise me and you will worship me my anointing will come in and it will break the yoke and it will bring you into the destiny that you were wanting to be in there's power in your praise today there's power in your praise today there have been times when I have been going through situations and there have been times when I have been going through struggles. And there have been times when I have been in a mess. And I was getting ready to throw the towel in and give up. And I would begin to praise the Lord. And before I realized what was happening, God had stepped on scene. Before I realized what was happening, I was focused on the situation. I was focused on the battle of my mind. I was focused on going down without a fight. But when I began to praise the Lord and give him glory, he stepped on scene. And before I realized what was happening, my praise had set an ambush toward the enemy. And God showed up and he won the battle that I was going through. That is why I praise him. You also ask me, you say, why do you praise him? Why do you give the Lord all this glory? Trice, I want you to stand up. Stand up. I praise him because you're looking at a young man right here who the doctor said he'd never be able to walk by himself and without any assistance. But today, because of the power of God, he walks on his own, he plays baseball, and he goes to school. You ask me why I praise him? Because when I was sick in my body, God was my healer. You ask me why I praise him? Because when I was troubled in my mind and I thought I was going under, I thought my ship was going to sink, the peace speaker showed up and he spoke peace to the storm and the waves calmed down. You ask me why I praise him? I praise him because when I didn't have money in the bank, he was Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that provides. 
lives. You ask me why I praise Him? Above all else I praise Him because when I was lost and undone without God and His Son, He reached down His hand for me. He picked me up. He dusted me off. He placed my feet on the solid ground and established my going. You ask me why I praise Him? I praise Him because I can stand here today tell you because of the blood of Jesus Christ I am redeemed I am set free I am bought with a price and I have been set apart from this world that is why I praise him for so long we have come into church for so long we've come in here spectating and hoping to be entertained looking around saying who can entertain us the best sitting back and judging like we are at a musical somewhere judging what happens and what goes on we sit back and we say well who can move me today who can entertain me the best I want to ask you who are you that you should be moved did not we come to move heaven did not we come to stir the glory did not we come to praise until the power came down it it is not about you. It is not about me. I'm not in the spotlight. I came in here today not worrying about when I was going to be in the spotlight. I came in here today not worrying about when I was going to get the microphone. But I came in here today saying that as long as I had breath in my body and as long as I had strength in my being, I was going to give the Lord the praise that he's deserving of. I was going to give him the glory that he is worthy of. Oh, sometimes my praise can get a little ugly. Sometimes my praise can make people uncomfortable. Sometimes what little hair I have left will get a little messed up. But can I tell you when I think about where I was and where God picked me up and brought me from when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for me I can't help myself but praise the Lord. I can't help myself but give him glory and give him honor. I can't help myself but worship him. Because all it takes is a memory. And all it takes is a praise. And when you put those two things together, something special happens. Pastor Chad, you can come. I'm done. Jehoshaphat did not put the warriors on the front line. Jehoshaphat did not put the artillery on the front line. But Jehoshaphat said, hey, hey, I see that y'all are sharpening your spears and you're sharpening your sword. Oh, and you're polishing your shield. Yeah, man, that looks really good. That shield looks like it can block a blow from the enemy. Could y'all just scoot over for one minute? You, back there with the tambourines and with the bells and with the trumpets and with the shofars. Come here, I need to talk to y'all for a minute. And they walk up and they're like, what does this joker want? We about to go into this battle and we're going to be defeated anyway. And Jehoshaphat looks at him and he says, listen, I know you're going to think I'm crazy. I know you're going to think that I have lost my mind. But I heard the Lord say that if you will praise, you won't have to worry about the sharp spears. You won't have to worry about the swords. And you won't have to worry about their shield. Because what is on the inside of you? is more powerful than what they have. What bubbles up on the inside of you and comes out of your mouth 
and comes out of that shofar and comes out of that trumpet when those metal things cling together on the tambourine. What comes from that is more powerful than any spear and is more powerful than any sword that the enemy can muster up against us. And Jehoshaphat told him, he said, I know y'all think I'm crazy, but when I say now, I want you to say, blessed is the Lord, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And they said, okay, we'll say it because you told us to. And when they did that, the praise set an ambush against the enemy. And rather than watching the worst thing happen, they watched a God thing happen. And I've come by to tell morning that if you will praise the Lord rather than the situation overtaking you and rather than the worst thing happening you will watch a God thing happen if you will praise him this morning listen to me there are times when you will have to fight there are times when you will have to strap up your boots and put on your belt and march on to the battlefield but there are also times that you will face in your life when you are at the end of your rope there are times that you will face in your life when you say, I can't go any further. There are times in your life when you are getting ready to throw the towel in and give up. There are times when you will say, this wave is going to overtake me and this storm is too big for me to understand. I'm going to tell you this morning that if that is you, if you will begin to praise the Lord and you will begin to worship the Lord, what the devil meant for evil, God will turn it around for good and he will pick you up from where you are and he will deliver you from the hand of the enemy. Stand with me across this house this morning. I feel the Holy Spirit here today. Listen to me. I was in my office and I was praying and studying before I walked into here. And I, I just began to ask the Lord questions. That's how I do. Some of you may not pray like that. Sometimes I ask the Lord questions. Lord, why is this going on? Why is this happening? What all's going on? And I said, Lord, why do people struggle to praise you? What is it? And just as clear as I'm talking to you, I heard the Holy Spirit say, because they're fearful of what tomorrow holds. So I sat there for a minute, and I said, okay. And then before I could say another thing, the voice of the Lord spoke to me again, and he said, tell them not to worry about what tomorrow holds, for I've already been in their tomorrow. My God, don't worry about what you're going to face tomorrow. Don't worry about what you're going to go through when you get to work. The Lord has already been in your tomorrow, and he is saying, if you will praise me, and you will give me glory, and you will give me honor, you won't have to worry about it because I've stepped on scene. Hold to my hand. Hold to my hand, and I will lead you through. That's what the Lord is saying to you today. So don't you worry about tomorrow. Don't you worry about what tomorrow holds. Worry about giving the Lord praise and glory and honor. So here's what we're going to do. I've discovered that your praise can do more for you than me laying my hands on you can do. I've discovered that the Holy Spirit can do more in a matter of seconds than I can do in my lifetime. So here's what I'm going to do. They're getting ready to sing this song. And I just want us to come to this altar. If you're comfortable, oh, uh, if you're comfortable, please come. If you're not, okay. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to worry about you. I'm sorry. You can praise at your seat. But if you're comfortable, when they begin to sing this song, I want you to come to this altar and I want you to begin to praise the Lord. If you're facing a battle, now is your moment. If you are facing a struggle, now is your moment. If you're facing defeat and torment, 
mind, now is your moment. Don't you miss your moment. Don't you miss because on the wings of praise comes deliverance. On the wings of praise comes healing. On the wings of praise comes freedom. On the wings of praise comes sound minds and sound hearts. I want to tell you today, don't miss your moment. Don't miss your moment. They're going to begin to sing. And if you're comfortable, I want you to come to this altar. I want us to end this day with just a moment of praise and glory and honor to the Father. If you're comfortable, come this way. Hurry, hurry. Don't miss your moment. I'm not going to pray for you. I'm not going to lay my hands on you. I just want us to end today with lifting our hands high and lifting our voices high to heaven and saying, great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. You deserve the praise. You deserve the glory. You deserve the honor. You deserve everything that we give you. Come on, let's sing. Thank you for listening to our podcast at The Hill. We pray that you were blessed by this message. For more information on what's happening at The Hill and to stay connected, visit our website at foresthillcog.org, join our Facebook page, facebook.com slash foresthillcog, or download our app from the iTunes or Google Play Store.